Fadies and idiots. This is the Fade to Gray podcast. I think you're going to like it. LTE will totally download a dick pic. You don't need a high-speed internet for that. Yes, I did go to the bathroom and wipe. And then I didn't find out about the whole poison ivy and the hoo-ha until like right before we were getting ready to like go there. God, that was creepy. <laughs> what do you think about the podcast? It sucks. Nice. I will leave. Hey, Fade to Grey family, what's going on? This is Chris. Joining me on the round table today is Omar. Yep, yep. We also have Elizabeth. Hey. We have Seth. What's up? And Andy. Yo, yo. <laughs> y'all, y'all. Well, I like that Elizabeth just spoke some Russian because we are going to be talking about something <laughs> Russian related. Uh, and of course, that's going to be news. Stranger Things season three uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Um, but first, I think we should probably give our listeners a little update on what's been going on with us. Omar, Elizabeth, what the hell have you guys been up to? I went weeding two and a half weeks ago and got the worst case of poison ivy ever. It sucks. Ended up with a shot in the ass and medication that makes me so tired. I just want to be asleep right now. <laughs> that sucked. Did you get it like in your eyeballs or anything like that? It wasn't actually in my eyeball. I watched. Where did you get it at, babe? Where did you okay, get from my ivy? From my top left temple, down the left side of my cheek, down my neck. How specific are we getting? Under my right boob. All the way down my right arm, from my thumb to my shoulder, um, around my waist where I would tuck my shirt in, and yes, I did go to the bathroom and wipe, and so yeah, there's a spot there as well. Oh Jesus! And, and then I was so I guess this is pretty safe to say that Omar has had a sexless week. Uh, two weeks because I was on the rag the week prior to that. Holy so, yeah. shit! Damn. We kind of we, we finally man. consummated our marriage last night, but you know. <laughs> and then and then I didn't find out about the whole, you know, poison ivy and the hoo-ha until like right before we were getting ready to like go there. I'm like, I'm like, you know, we can you know wait a couple more days if we need <laughs> And I'm like, no, man, I, you made me stay awake on this medication that makes me so tired. I'm fucking tonight. Damn it. <laughs> it went well. It went well. You have to wear a condom just to get just to prevent from getting uh poison ivy. <laughs> Yeah. Not only does it prevent sexually transmitted diseases, but it prevents poison, poison ivy. ivy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, no. That would have to be the worst. Oh. That would have to be the worst. I've been miserable. Yeah, I can't even imagine. It's been miserable. Well, I'm I'm only getting you know into the sex questions because we're going to be talking about that on our relationship series that's coming up. So yeah, I figured I'd get a head start. It's a good lead-in. That's a yeah. good lead-in. Anything going on with you, Omar? <laughs> He's gone without sex for three weeks, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no wonder he's been on edge. I'll tell you, Chris, I'm glad you asked. Um, really, honestly, I can't complain. I mean, in what's the saying they always say? I feel like I'm getting older when you start repeating your parents, but it's like, you know, if I did complain, who's going to listen anyway? So, but um, no, it's it's been great. I mean, still Western Pennsylvania, where it, rains every day in the summer it's been fun um working outside you know 90 degree heat with the thunderstorms it, that's been been a blast um that and really honestly just everything going on with fade to gray has been really what's been keeping me afloat really keeping me going like like my joy um the community we have you know talking with you guys um 
after releasing the post deconstruction series um, over a week ago now, two weeks ago. Um, well, by the time you guys hear it, it's going to be f- four weeks. Um, mm-hmm. It's been uh, some really good conversations in there with Paul Matthew Harris. Chris Fillingham came in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said Paul Matthew Harris. I was like, who is that? I don't know that person. I mean, and we're tight, so I just dropped the sun, you know, and so we're... He, <laughs> well, he'll he'll be happy to hear that because I'm pretty sure his favorite person on earth is Sam Harris. Yes. So he's he's going to be actually stoked to hear that. There you go. Related to Sam Harris. That's right. Let's just call him PMH. PMH, I like that. Just the conversations um, happening there has been like really compelling, like, like things that you wouldn't think about on, on a normal day-to-day basis, but you're having like these brilliant work well-read people um, deep diving and just kind of like get to be a fly on the wall or participate if you want to. That's been fun. So. Yeah. No, it's been great. Absolutely. I've really been enjoying the conversation over there. Lewis, Chris Fillingham and Paul Matthew Harrison from the deconstruction series are all in there. And um, you know, at times they'll even be talking to each other and it's, it's pretty impressive. The conversations they are having um, and, and it's man it, for, for as little as $1 a month, you can be a part of those conversations by joining our Patreon. You'll be supporting the podcast. Um, you listen to us anyway. It's pay what you want to support the pilot. Like, we don't make any money from that. It's just to keep the podcast on the air. So uh, we definitely encourage you to go over to fadegraypodcast.com and uh, click on that link and join the Patreon. You can join the conversation. It's awesome. Really is like a family. I love yeah, it. It's crazy to think that you could be as close or as intimate, you know, with people from around the world, really um, people that maybe you haven't ever met or maybe like met once or twice and, but having be such a big part of like your, your day to day activities and, you know, just the, yeah, being able to like truly open up to like people. Like, I mean, I think every one of us can say that there's been one point or another. I don't know. Chris doesn't cry, but you know, has either been, <laughs> been in tears, you know, or like, or maybe like, if he's busting a gut laughing in tears, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a real amazing adventure. And I think that's been the biggest highlight. So I had to say, I know that's kind of a sad plug for our podcast. You're that, or I have, I have no life, but I mean, other than, you know, just, I mean, the family's great. That's the thing is everything's going well, nothing to complain about. Like um, other than the health of the wife being down, you know, for two weeks, not, not getting any, you know, me and my hand have gotten intimate few few times during that time but um but you know and just i spent more time with the kids and kind of like allowing her to rest when she couldn't be up anymore and stuff like that and so it's been it's been good you know just trying to um keep up i think has been the biggest thing as i've noticed as i've gotten older is nothing seems to slow down and so it's just more just um even the podcast i mean everything is just moving forward and it's just every day um making sure that you're doing what you can just to kind of keep up so it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's an adventure. Yeah. Uh, Seth, what's been going on with you, man? I, why don't you go first? <laughs> I wanna... Andy, what's been going on with I you? Well, yeah, you. I guess, I guess I'll answer since Seth is a little, uh, <laughs> having some mic, mic shyness right now. Uh, man, what's been going on with me? Well, it, it, it's been a while since I've even popped in Marco Polo. It's been a while for a lot of things for me just because I've uh, just been going through a lot of things with work, uh, getting busier with summer and all that sort of jazz. And then I've also been de- dealing with a breakup. And that's been Ugh. really fun. 
and uh, a little mentally exhausting. A lot of times people, uh, I, I notice that people bounce back from these things a little easier uh, than, than I do. Uh, I take these things uh, pretty serious. Uh, you know, I was only with the person for, you know, about five months. But even even then, it was, uh, you know, it's a pretty serious thing. It kind of feels like, you know, you, you lost, uh, you, you literally lost uh, a friend to to an accident or something. But uh, other than that, sticking, uh, sticking around with my daughter, uh, hanging out every day, trying to take her swimming when I can. Uh, gosh, I mean, my life, no joke, folks, it's... Uh, pretty damn boring it's very very <laughs> boring if i'm not working i'm with my daughter and if i'm not with my daughter i'm working and i'm actually recording mm. this podcast at an office that i work at and i'm recording it in the car which is now at least 105 degrees if you can't see my forehead uh, obviously the listeners cannot see it but Whew. i had to come out here because there's still people here working it's it's a collaborative <laughs> workspace here uh, here in town, and the internet is really fast. So I love to come here uh, when I have to upload something huge or record a podcast. And I had to come out here because there's so many people in there still. So uh, life is good. Life is so sweet. basically you're saying that if you ever have to upload a dick pic, you go to the office to upload it. Oh no, that'll do just fine with my LTE. <laughs> I'll be honest, LTE will totally download a dick pic. You don't need a high-speed internet for that. <laughs> I was trying to make a joke about how big for Andy's dick do. is. Yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> hey, speaking of dick pics, Seth, how is everything going in your life? Was I not clear? <laughs> I went. Now it's you. I have a bit of anxiety. <laughs> What do you have anxiety about? I've been having a, a bit of anxiety with work. Um, it's funny because I gave a presentation on receiving critical feedback. And I'm having difficulty receiving critical feedback. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, well, it's tough to receive critical feedback. Like, you know, no matter who you are, if you think you've done a really good job, you're very proud of what you've done. And then you receive critical feedback on it. You're like, damn. You know, it's almost like it feels like someone's telling you you're not good enough or something. Right. And that's what's really bothering me. It's eating at me a little bit because the things I got off for were not clinical at all. In fact, it was a great phone call. Um, it was just like small administrative things with some like subjective suggestions. And it got in my head and I allowed it to, in a case I didn't open. I just provided the client support, but didn't obtain information or do an assessment. <laughs> but it's because of the previous feedback I got, which was, you're going into demographics too fast. This guy lost his dad. You should totally build this rapport before opening a case. But I knew from the phone call that the guy didn't want to talk about it. He just wanted to get through the phone call to get the counseling. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. There's a subjective um, clinical judgment involved. I know, Chris, I work for your employee assistance program. When you called right. and we asked you, why now? Why are you seeking counseling now? How is this affecting you every day? And oh, by the way, are you suicidal? And are you using drugs and alcohol? Are you, are you wanting that conversation? Or are you just wanting to get through it so that you can get at your counseling sessions? 
Yeah, I was just trying to get to the counseling session because I didn't feel like the person I was speaking with as a counselor, I was like, can you just give me the number right. to the counselor, please? Thank you. Right. <laughs> and 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 lots of times that's how it is. And so you kind of have to feel it out. But there's sometimes, yeah. right, where someone calls you and they actually want to talk about this stuff because they are talking to a licensed clinician. So it's this fine balance. And I got critical feedback on it was like, you need to do this. So then on this other call, I did that. And then that's the call that gets listened to and I get dinged on it hard. Wow. So I just, you know, it has me a little insecure. Well, you're getting mixed signals. Right. And at this, so they told you to do something, you did it and then you're getting dinged for it. Right. But it's, you have to do assessments. You have to open cases. You have to do this type of thing. But the guy didn't want services. He wasn't looking for counseling sessions. He wanted a counseling Mm. session on the phone. So I, okay, gotcha. Is there a rubric that they're like judging you on? Yes, there's an audit. So that's what get three audits a month. And yeah. the things they hit me on, um, which since I didn't do an assessment, I missed most of them, which is why I got such a low score from my manager. But on the initial one, I got a 94%, <laughs> but that's below the 96% threshold. So then you have to like review it yourself and you have to re-listen to the call. So it was like no big deal, but dinged me. I don't know. It just, it's gotten in my head and it's translating into relationships and friendships, which has gotten interesting. I also have a good friend right now who is in the midst of a domestic violence situation and got fired from her job in the process. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So there's also some stuff going on there just relationally trying to be a support, but I actually have no way of contacting her. So I have another friend who I talk to and it's, you know, just trying to be supportive and I did start playing Harry Potter. The, the, the Wizards Unite? Yes. <laughs> and I'm already to uh, level 18. I'm not Oh, my playing, gosh. I'm not So you've been going games. to the inns and the and you've been going to the fortresses or whatever they are? Oh, yeah. There's a fortress like right around the Gyms. Bar. My I, wife plays that. She's obsessed. Okay. So to summarize, <laughs> I'm anxious. I'm more anxious. I feel closer to a depression state. So I'm trying to fight that. And so I'm anxious at work. I've got a friend who I'm worried about. And I play a lot of Harry Potter and listen to documentary audio series. And four, I want to mention the Marco Polo group again, because I just want to say that I get two 15-minute breaks and a 30-minute break every day. I don't eat lunch anymore. So I just... On my breaks, I go from my desk and I run to my car and I turn on Marco Polo and I communicate with the fade to gray family. And it's so much fun. I really look forward to it. It makes my day better. I get through the day more. I mean, I get through the day faster and I look forward to those breaks because it gives me an opportunity to talk to people I care about, which is a lot of fun. So that's all I got. Chris? Uh, I prefer the yappers group to the fade to gray. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you would be Luke will now be the, honored. Yeah. If you haven't checked out your atheist pastor with Luke yet, uh, you have to. In fact, by the time this airs, um, we will have had a takeover, uh, a takeover episode. So um, you're going to want to go listen to that. Just search your atheist pastor, wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, you'll see that we've taken over that podcast for an episode and it's really funny. So you got to go check that out. So I went, you know, during the summer, I don't work during the summer uh, or at least I don't go to school. I still work. I still design stuff for my kids, but, and that's kind of what I've been doing. 
But I always take care of my health during the summer. So I go to the eye doctor, the dentist, you know, go get my checkup and everything. Your one dental appointment a year? (laughs) Yes. For real. So check this out. I go to the eye doctor and I got told probably three years ago now um, that by, by the optometrist that I was seeing like, oh, you need a glaucoma test because I, you know, there's signs that you may have glaucoma. I'm like, all right. So they order me a test. I I get it. And they're like, oh, you just have really big cups. And I'm like, okay, I don't really know what that means. But apparently like there's in the back of your eye, there's these things called cups that like taking a bunch of light, which is why I'm very sensitive to light, which is why I wear the transition lenses. Um, And so they say, oh, you don't have glaucoma. You just have really big cups. Don't worry about it. All right, cool. So I go in this time and I, and I always tell them, you know, I don't have glaucoma. You're going to see that I have really big cups. It's not glaucoma. And the lady, she goes, I can't tell you that you have glaucoma, but you really need to have another test done. And I'm like, it's just big cups. It's fine. And she's like, I'm highly recommending you get the test done. So I probably have glaucoma. So there that is. Um, I'm not going to get tested for it this year, though. Don't feel like it. And then um, I go to the dentist today. And I've always had very good dentist checkups and I have three cavities. I have three fucking cavities. Never had a cavity in my life. And I asked the dude, I'm like, dude, why do I have a cavity? I don't drink soda. You've been doing keto. I don't, you know, yeah. I'm like, I don't drink soda. I don't, you know, do anything like that. And, uh, and he's like, dude, your teeth are great for your age. You know, the fact that you've never had cavities is great. He was like, it's not a big deal. Just get them filled, you know? And I'm like, anyway, so that's going to be $500 to get them filled. You know, that's with insurance. And then not only that, but like my, at my house, my foundation and stuff, like I'm worried about because if, if, if I could show you right now, you would see like a nice big crack developing in the sheetrock in my uh, ceiling here. And in the rooms, they're starting to kind of separate a so little bit. You know? Please give the fade to gray. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I've, I've had a couple of people to come out and look at my foundation now. And the cheapest I've uh, quote that I've got on foundation is $7,000 to fix it. I need 22 pier and beams uh, to, to, to fix the foundation at my place. So yeah, would you, (laughs) but the, uh, the funny thing is, is that the guy that came out to look at it today, this guy, Brian was the nicest fucking guy that I've ever had come out and, you know, have most of these guys, I feel like they're just snaky people trying to make money. This dude was cool as fuck. He was like, dude, I, you know, I'm going to let you know right now. Like I wouldn't even worry about it for another year or so. Um, and then he was like, uh, also like, um, you know, I, I would try to sell you gutters as well, but my gutters are way too expensive. Don't get them from us. Like he was just being so fucking real with me and so cool. And then we started talking about like podcasts and he's like, yeah, dude, I love the Joe Rogan experience. I'm like, dude, me too. And, um, you know, he's anyway, I ended up telling him about the podcast. It was like, dude, I want to party with this guy. Like I want to become friends with this, with this dude that came to my house to do the inspection. And even, no, I didn't. But, uh, but the funny thing is, is 
Yeah, I have I have his number. I got his card. So but the funny thing is, is that his company wants to charge me ten thousand dollars to do the foundation. But I like him so much that I'm actually contemplating paying more to go with this dude. This dude is either the best salesman ever, or he just is generally a really great dude. I don't know. I, it was really funny because I've never. I've never had that sort of a relationship where somebody's come in and try to sell me something where I thought, dude, I'm buying from you, even though you're way more expensive. But he's, he was like, I don't know. He was just, he was cool as fuck, but yeah. Anyway, so that's been my week. Uh, I've got glaucoma. I've got three cavities. I've got $10,000 foundation repair. So yeah, it's been uh, less than stellar, but you know what? I've got a good outlook on it. I'm going to go get tested next year for glaucoma. And I'm gonna fill my cavities next year. I have I have one question. What's that? Have you <laughs> prayed? No. There you go. There you go. So the bill the bill yeah. when you take care of this foundation by next year is gonna be, I don't know, fifteen thousand from Brian. The price will magically have gone up. Your faith will have dissolved even more. And he's going to say, sorry, Chris, I actually stopped listening to the Joe Rogan experience. I listened to uh, Fade to Gray. It sucks. It's also going to be $15,000 now. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that I think the dude's probably still pretty like into faith and religion. And so I, I did tell him about the podcast and I told him, I was like, you know, we talk about matters of faith, but you know, it's kind of controversial at times. And he's like, Oh, I, I love talking about that kind of stuff. Like uh, you talking about like the, the gay thing. Like we, you guys talk about that. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> so anyways, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, anyway, that's kind of uh, what's been going on with me. So. Well, sorry to hear <laughs> about that with the glaucoma and stuff, man. That's. Uh, I mean, who knows if I really have it? I don't think so. Cause the, the last time I got it checked, they were like, nah, you don't have it. You just have really big, you know, whatever those are called cups. cups. Yeah. 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 Nice cups, man. Thanks. Well, we all know Appreciate that Omar it. has your prescription <laughs> waiting for you whenever you'd like to go pick that up. Yes. So, I really appreciate everyone kind of telling where they're at. And it's, it's kind of sad to hear that Seth has had some anxiety, but lucky for him, I've decided to take over the mental segment right now on fade to gray. So here we go. Roll the theme song. All right, so here's the deal. Something happened this week, and before I even talk about this, I just want to tell Seth that I love him very much. I will leave. <laughs> Don't leave. Don't leave. You are not going to take over the mental segment to talk about me having a mental illness and being crazy. Okay, no, you're not crazy. Hold on, dude. All right, no. <sighs> all right. Just go with, go with it. Go with it. Go with it. Go with it. First things first. I would just like to tell Seth that I love him very much. Okay, but I thought it would be interesting to kind of go over something that happened. All right. And I want to kind of like, see if I can be the licensed clinical social worker here and diagnose what it was that happened. Uh, and, and Seth, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. All right. Okay. So Seth bless his heart. He was working so hard on some audio for our relationship series. that's coming up. Homeboy was like on GarageBand, spent like two hours trying to get everything perfect, right? Like his goal was to make things easy for me 
and like do the best job. I really think that he wanted to impress me um, and, and make things easier for me. That was his goal. He wanted to do right by me um, as the editor. Um, he had like the best intentions, but the problem is, is that garage band was acting crazy and, and things weren't really working out very well. And so he had, he wasn't able to do what he set out to do. And that was very frustrating for him. So he sent me a Marco Polo and he was like, Chris, I'm so sorry. You know, the, the audio didn't work. I'm really sorry about that. Like I really wanted to do it, do right by you and you know, whatever. And I told him like, dude, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. No worries. Well, he sends me an email with the whole GarageBand file, which I've never seen anyone ever send a whole GarageBand file <laughs> via email before. And I don't even know if it would open up or anything. I didn't even try. Okay. But in the email that he sent, he writes, I'm sorry, I'm not perfect like you. <laughs> <laughs> Already, this is amazing. Already, it's great. Okay. Okay. So I'm sorry, I'm not perfect like you, right? And at first I was like, that was kind of a dick move, whatever, you know? And so I actually Marco Polo'd him like, dude, that was a dick move. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to take care of the audio or whatever, look at it, see if it'll work. So, so you said that. Yeah. And then you ghosted me. <laughs> <laughs> Which for someone who has anxiety... It is bound to dis- depressive states. That was kind of a trigger. Yeah. Well, let, okay. Well, let you me back up. You had me in a full-blown <laughs> panic episode to where I thought legitimately that you had formed a, col- a coup Developed another Marco Polo group with all the other members of the podcast to talk about me specifically, and that you're like today he and Marco Polo was like, and I am going to lead the meeting, like, but was not responsive to me. Like I would ask questions, no response, but like you know, very stern. And so I had it in me thinking that you can't be stern around Seth; it gets him nervous. We were going to start this meeting. And they were going to kick me off the podcast. Now, I know that that's incredibly irrational, but that's where my, yeah. that's, that's where I've been. And, uh, I, well, I want to explore that. Apologize. I want to apologize to you publicly to all the listeners of Fade to Gray that I was very upset. I wanted to throw my computer across the room. Join the Patreon I realized, and we'll release that audio to you guys, which we have. I realized <laughs> that. I realized that I even did all the audio wrong because I interviewed the person rather than having the person just talk. So the audio is screwed to begin with, but you know, it's fine. Sorry. There you go. There's the story. There's Seth. Losing well, is cool. Well, hold on. Let me back up. So I didn't ghost you. You, you didn't talk to me after that. Like I, I, I Marco Polo'd you that that was a fucked up thing to do. And then you didn't even respond to that. So I didn't ghost you. I texted you with no response. That was today. And then spitefully texted you back and said, thanks. For I know. <laughs> no. Okay. So let me, let no me give response. you some background. So let me, so let me give you oh, some background. So whenever you didn't respond to my uh, Marco Polo about that being a fucked up thing, you, you didn't respond. Right. And so I went to Omar and I said, Hey, I'm going to ignore Seth for a few days. <laughs> 
told you. And I, told and you there I said, was a coup. <laughs> I told you there was communication. I knew it. Collusion. I said, My instincts collusion. were correct. So well, no, because there's no coup. It's not a coup. So I, I went I say, to yeah. Omar. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to ignore Seth for a few days, and then I'm going to bring this up on the podcast and and see if I can't diagnose what happened. So um, so anyways, what did I say? Just for the record, just to get since become clean on this because it wasn't like I was talking. I was like, you said like, you loved the idea. I, I said, I said, I said, you know me. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna laugh. But you also know Seth, and if we have a meeting beforehand where you have an opportunity to clear the air, not while we're recording, and then you decide to bring it up during the air, he's definitely going to feel some sort of way about it. But, but go I think it. it's a good thing. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. It's a, it's a good process. It's a good, it's a good mental episode. So here's my diagnosis. You wanted to impress me by doing a great job. So in your head, you're thinking, I'm doing this for Chris. It's going to be good for him. And whenever it didn't turn out right, you then projected all that frustration onto me as if I was some sort of demanding person, demanding that everything be absolutely perfect. And then the opposite. Right. Cause I was like, dude, no, I, I can play back the Marco Polo right now after you told me that the audio was not right, where I was like, yeah, no worries, man. Like, <laughs> But but then you but then you were like I'm sorry I'm not perfect like you I think you projected that image that you had of trying to be perfect onto me and were frustrated with me after that but then whenever I told you that I thought it was fucked up maybe you were kind of like I don't really know how to diagnose this part why you didn't respond right away but you did apologize you ended up apologizing yesterday or today I can't remember when. Uh, but I was still ignoring you because I wanted to do all this on the air. But let me just say, Seth, that there's nothing you could do, buddy, to make me stage a coup against you to try to get you off the podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to step in for Seth here. I'm going to step in. Okay. So I think actually, Chris, this is you projecting your mental illness onto Seth. Because okay, how so? Well, clearly he thinks you're perfect. So, sorry, I can't be perfect <laughs> like you. I mean, aren't we all sorry we can't be perfect like Chris? I think what? <laughs> I th- I think I think that we all think you're perfect, and he was trying to give you a compliment. Hey, man, I'm sorry I can't you know be amazing like you. Uh, and here is my frustrations. Uh, I, I can't measure up to the perfection that is mm. Christopher. And that's, that's simply it. That's simply it. He was trying to pay you a compliment and also relay that he tried. But how is that me projecting onto him? Just go with it. <laughs> Just go with it. Okay. Way to be an ally there, Andy. Well, I can help out Andy with that. It's... Okay, let's, let's hear it. You want us to think you're perfect. How? By doing everything just right, just so. You're a people pleaser. And the standards that this Wait, podcast I don't know. Has. I talk bad about Brian's Which on. one of us are you talking to I don't know that I'm a right people now, pleaser. I feel like you, that could pin that on every one of us. It's true. I was speaking specifically to Chris, but I know. I wasn't, I wasn't excluding myself. I was just saying Chris could be in, that could be... Uh, Chris is part of that group. 
I don't know about me being a people pleaser because I'm kind of a dick to people sometimes. <laughs> I think this whole segment <laughs> may or may not prove that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, I want to jump you're, in on you're that. killing it at mental. <laughs> because is, <laughs> is not is it possible that br- bringing this up on a podcast episode is your way of exerting authority and exerting power and privilege over the situation because I am literally, I have no control. He's going to call you a straight white man next. And he's a big (laughs) is being cast to all of our listeners. So I think that that's your way of potentially uh, exerting your own power and authority and privilege. And perhaps that's something to think about. Okay. Well, I will take that into consideration and you, you may be right on that, but let me ask you this. Do you think that accusing me of being perfect due to something that you really tried hard to do, but couldn't do is that playing the victim? First of all, playing the victim is just a motto that's extremely subjective and can be used by all kinds of people. And I'm not one here to play a victim. I was very frustrated, very frustrated. And I lashed out at you and I'm in the wrong. Like I own it. Uh, I, I took my frustration out on you. You diagnosed that correctly. There you go. Well, hey, that's been a great segment of mental this week, folks. (laughs) I believe that's what Chris wanted, so we can just wrap this baby up. (laughs) I've got everything I need. I was just going to say. I I have a feeling he's just getting started. No, 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 no. I'm totally finished. But (laughs) moving forward, Seth, how can you and I communicate better with each other so that we don't have these kinds of issues? What can I do for you to where you won't get frustrated at me. And likewise, I won't retaliate by trying to have power over you by forcing you to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> I, there, nothing. We have a wonderful relationship. I just had a bad day. Yeah. And, and I'm going to say too, that been using this, like as a, like, I know you felt like maybe attacked or there was a coup happening, but really it's, because we love each other and we trust each other and know that we can have a conversation where it's not like, I mean, do you feel like, do you feel attacked during this mental segment? No, I feel humiliated, but I don't feel humiliated because it's being brought up on the podcast. I feel humiliated that it happened in the first place because I'm, I'm, I'm having like right now I'm under a little stress and I got a lot of things going. Well, I think the point is we all like I'm stressed, do shit and like fuck up and things like that. And you're, you're yeah, not, it's not, not a bad, it's not, it's not like you're the day, only one you know? that could possibly do that. Yeah. We all have those moments, right? but we're just talking about those moments. Like it's, no one's trying to humiliate you, man. Like, but, but this is the deal. Like when a person messes up, you go to the person, you address it, you apologize and you move forward. I took a day, but it happened, but then it was never addressed. <laughs> so 
Because by that, that point, I'd already that, decided what I wanted to do. Because Chris is that, a top. That, that, <laughs> that lacks closure, which causes a lot of anxiety. And okay. I got anxiety at work. And podcasts is like my family <laughs> and where I feel safe. And you would pull on the strings, my friend. And I... Uh, yeah, I you, you have a point I there. You have a point there. Like I'm not gonna say you that. Have yeah, a point. Yeah, I'm definitely you like, have a point. I, this is my coping skill. I, I was. You make, are my. Strategy. I was making a point on how this is good. Like content. This is good content. This is a good conversation to have w- with the listeners, and it's something that like I think we all can learn from. But you also, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not gonna say that he was right in how he did it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, and Seth, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize for ignoring your uh, message yesterday uh, and today and ghosting you in your words. If that's how you felt, I do apologize. I was saving this for right now because I thought it would be good for content, and I was not taking your uh, anxiety into account, But and I apologize. The deal is, it's over now. And <laughs> yes, and I think I'm gonna have a better week. <laughs> I well, great. I want today. you to. <laughs> and so, hopefully tomorrow's gonna be a little quieter. Yeah, this I will be honest. So if you want to freak Seth out, just don't talk to him for a day or two. <laughs> He's gonna beat. He'll beat the shit out of without himself. explanation, right? <laughs> because truthfully, I even was talking to a coworker today, and I was like, "Cause this." happened at the time those negative audits at work happened like literally at the same time and so i was talking to someone at work and i said you know ever since you know i got this audit or whatever like i've had this feeling in the pit of my stomach that i can't that i can't make it go away and i can't describe what it is it's like feels like guilt you know like i've done something horrible and i like I've I've been thinking it's work, but then as we were nearing our meeting tonight, which I I hope you don't mind me continuing talking because I feel like this is good. As we go for it, as we came closer to the meeting tonight, like that feeling in the pit of my stomach got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we had set an appointment time at 730. Guess what? Guess what time this Zoom conversation started? We were Can in our other group talking about you. We had what, we had, what time? We had to, what time? What time? Eight thirty. What right? And what time did the Zoom call start? Seven thirty. No, we we said seven thirty in the Marco Polo group. There's no. I've listened to blame it. The I've listened to the blame the kids. It, it was definitely no. I'm, I'm oh, not, I see what you're saying. I'm not pointing fingers. What I'm saying is our commun our way of communicating was agreed upon time of 7.30. This Zoom call started at 7.30. What time did people show up? 8.30. I, hey, you know, I, I'm just saying. I showed, up at, like, I showed up at 7.35. You did, and then you jumped out. But that, which didn't help. That, that, that feeling has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger to where before we started, before we got started, I legitimately thought I was being kicked out. So I'm just saying... This is great content. Well, I hope you learned your lesson. But I think... <laughs> oh, shut up. Don't you dare. You might get more angry emails from me, sir, after this little fiasco. I'm saying is what I thought was audits from work. They are not audits from work. 
they are Christopher. <laughs> you heard it here, guys. Don't fuck with me. It's true. <laughs> he just has this to, he just has to all withdraw his life. love, and you would freak out. He, he is that perfect. I'm telling you. All right. I am a huge fan of Seth, and... Seth, I apologize. I didn't mean to make you so anxious, but I did tell Omar that I hoped you kind of like worried about it a little bit. I did tell him that. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I need to like have people from work listen to this podcast to understand what's been happening <laughs> and why I've been like, you know, out of my mind. Well, the good news is, is that tomorrow is going to be an amazing day and it's all because of me. <laughs> the great and powerful Chris. What's tomorrow? Friday. A day that you don't have to worry about me plotting to kick you out of the podcast. <laughs> Not talking to you. Talking yeah. in another Marco Polo group. <laughs> oh, that was gold. I mean, I'm sorry. Do you understand why I was laughing so hard earlier then? <laughs> no, I get it. I'll even be honest. I've been talking in the Yappers group more because I've been feeling so anxious. I didn't want to go to FTG. <laughs> Well, the Yappers group is amazing. It is. I love the Yappers group. You or should definitely pastor, go join friends. it. That's two shout yes. outs in one episode. He's the best. Well, thank you, Seth, for letting me air our grievances out on air for everyone to listen to. I appreciate you and everything that you do in your hard work. And I know you really tried hard on that audio. So I, I don't think that what Chris did was right, but I don't think that it was extreme either. No, it's fine. It's This is all fair game. I just, I knew something was happening. Like I knew, like Chris, you don't hide <laughs> things very well. And I've known something was coming. So it, I've just been waiting. I didn't know if it was going to happen in Marco Polo or if it was going to happen via email or Facebook. You don't have that or whatever platform you use. I didn't know what was going to happen. Well, I love you, Seth. Love you too. Can I just say uh, favorite, favorite mental segment? <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Put Seth in the center and you will win. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, we can talk about my mental illness next time. I guess for the last couple of days, it's like Seth has been in the upside down. And if you haven't seen the latest season of Stranger Things, then you've been living in the upside down as well. Yeah, get your life together. What are you doing with your choices, your decision making? I question what you're doing just stop right now listen to us we understand and you need to binge watch season three to catch up because we're about to just i was so impressed i feel like even if we spoil it for you you still are going to enjoy the hell out of the, the show do you want to do a movies that molded me on stranger things damn right yeah. we're gonna do movies that molded me for stranger things <laughs> damn <laughs> right it. there will be spoiler yes so you have not seen this show and you do not want it spoiled my friend, it is time to hit the 15-second button until you get to the next segment. And while, and while you right. hit that, I'm going to hit this. Hey, these are the movies that molded me. These are the movies that molded me. Jalo the movies. Jalo the movies. Hey, one love. Hey. I like the movies with the boobies. <laughs> All right, here, here we are again with movies that molded me, but this time it's very, very special, very, very different, very, very strange, maybe, if you want to call it that. 
um, because it's not necessarily a movie or anything that, well, I don't know how much it's molded me yet because it's so current. And so, yes, we are talking about the new Stranger Things season three that just got released on July 4th. And it was, a lot of times I don't buy into hype. Like, I, most of the shows that I've enjoyed on Netflix or movies that I've seen um, that have ex- exceeded my expectations or ones that I like, didn't see the previews for or I didn't see coming. Like, everything that like has hype, it always seems to have so much potential to let down. And with this, the newest season of Stranger, Stranger Things, definitely the best. And it was, in my opinion, very fulfilling. Like there were some, there were some key deaths to some key members or, or key characters, um, but it wasn't like a let, there was no letdown. Other than, I guess we're gonna get right into spoilers, or how are we gonna do this? Absolutely. Because, okay. Other yeah, than Hopper's it. death, okay, Hopper dies, guys, or does he? That's the whole thing, you know. That's is, what I thought too. Because you never, so. you never see him blow up. And you, and they say the American at the very end in the Russian prison cell. Did you catch that too? That's right. Yeah. And, and so who's the American? That's the question. So, but my my bone to pick with Hopper in this season, um, leading up to his death, was just that it was it was just kind of obvious that they were gonna kill him. Like especially in the last like couple episodes in the last in the la- in the last scene when they. We're dragging it out. It's like, as soon as he went out on the platform with the drill, the whatever it's called, like, uh, I'm like, all right, well, that's, he's not, he's not the coming back. Laser. The laser. He's not coming back. <laughs> and so, and he didn't. And obviously people were up in arms because um, Winona Ryder's character, uh, yeah, she lost another love interest in like the last couple seasons. So. Yeah, but she was never really into him. Like, I, I not, don't think that she ever really showed the, interest. The last scene, or the second to last scene, where that's that's why it was frustrating because that's when it got ob- even more obvious. It's like, okay, what's going on here? I think it was more of like a a, a deep, caring friendship vibe that she was giving off. <sighs> she I was going. She's like, like, it's a, a date. Romantic. She's told him. She told him it was a date. Right, but I mean, I don't know. I, did, did you guys like that scene or did you guys think that? Because, listen, one thing that really bothers me about death scenes like that is whenever they run out and they put themselves in harm's way and literally they stare at each other for like 10 seconds. In that 10 seconds, he could have run back behind the thing where she was at and then he would have never died. Like that kind of stuff bothers me. Like, yes, I was kind of sad that Hopper died or apparently or died. Or they're a split second but, away from turning the key just to, to right. save in the world. And nope, here comes this, you know, like here comes yeah. the crazy Russian dude who looks yeah. like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. <laughs> I think that's probably a throwback to Terminator, but I don't you know, could be wrong. There was like a lot of throwbacks. Um, I loved how they kept mentioning Phoebe Cates. I had to explain to my wife who Phoebe Cates was. I'm like, she's that chicken fast times at Ridgemont high, you know, who came out of the pool and she was in gremlins and drop dead Fred. And she was like, yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> but, um, you know, of course being a kid in the, uh, in the eighties, I definitely knew who Phoebe Cates was. Yeah. I actually, I'm look I her up didn't. Now. I'm not sure I know who she is. I, I didn't, I, <laughs> to be honest, I actually had to look up who she was 
And then as soon as I saw her face, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Gremlins, Fast Times, original yeah. high. Um, yeah. The the mind-blowing thing for me, this isn't really so much about the show, but just about, um, I guess, like the buzz and and how much this show has really had an effect on, on I guess, not even the U.S., but the world right now is that over 50 million Netflix accounts have watched the show all the way through yeah. since July 4th. 50 right. million. That is insane to me. Like it, it, I'm like Omar. I I didn't watch uh record breaking. Yeah. Yeah, and I I was so anti-hype about this show. You know, my my buddy was really into it in season 1 and I'm like, I don't really watch Netflix or I don't really do TV blah blah blah. And then when I finally sat down and you know, he he handed me a beer. He's like, "Dude, you you got to watch this with me tonight. We're watching it." And it, you know, even season one grabbed my attention. Um, and it has only gotten better uh, in season three from the first episode, from the first episode, I was like, okay, this, this is something different here. This is a different beast and it's, it's going to get even better. Yeah. From the first episode when they, they, they kill off Billy, but, but do they, you don't know. It's just like, you're, I just left. I was like, holy fuck. And I think there was at least three or four episodes where I ended like, holy fuck. And I had to like come up from air from the man cave and go hang out with my family just <laughs> for so, something a little less. Because it's dark. I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, if you have any, I told Elizabeth, I just let me just tell you about it, babe, because you're not going to enjoy it. Like, I, I really wish that you would because you would enjoy a lot of it because of this nostalgia effect of like the 1980s. But um, just it's, it's scary. And there's some definite like creepy like wow factors to it you know with the i think the creepiest part for me was when the old lady was eating that fertilizer yeah. god that was creepy yes. <laughs> yes. it just it was amazing to me to see it had a way more of a zombie type feel i guess because it was it was flaying all those uh members of the community and the the craziest yeah. the weirdest creepiest part for me this season was when you know, it's at the end of, I think like episode three or four and they're zooming out and you can see all of the people in the basement of that steelworks place. And they're just standing there and it had never had a zombie feel to me. But when I saw that scene, it was like, okay, this is a whole nother beast. And it it was way more gory. Just overall, it was way more gory. Well, yeah, they'd eat those chemicals and then like boil down to goo and then like like fuse together yeah. into like us like because they already had the hive mind thing going, and so I think that was probably right for me like one of the, like the most intense like crazy scenes. I'm not sure which episode it was in, but when they were in the hospital and going to see oh we have to get this character's name because we just referenced her twice now the the old lady, um, but she wasn't in her bed. And, yeah, uh, Mrs. Driscoll. The, the, Mrs. Driscoll. Yes. Yeah, you, Ms. Yes. Driscoll. That's right. That's it's Mark Driscoll's uh, grandma. <laughs> Crazy Mrs. Driscoll. Uh, but <laughs> but um, but there was the two flayed that were there to get the teenagers. Um, Tom and then the other guy from the newspaper. Yeah, those guys were dickheads. We're here for you, Nancy Drew. <laughs> 
and, and and the chase sequence after that and they were just like almost impossible to kill but you find out you know well they they fill together you know and so they die at the same time and you're like you got yes victory and then they start to move again and you're like no way they're gonna be able to beat these guys twice but then they it boils down to like this goo and oozes out the room and you're like oh it's gonna go back to like the basement or wherever like the the warehouse and no it goes together and then and then it's like that first like scene where the creature comes out and goes after Nancy, it was hella intense. But then, who saves the day? As always, the best fucking superhero that there is, fucking L. Soon after that was my favorite scene of the whole entire uh, season, only because it. I was literally screaming at my TV when this scene happened. When Billy is choking 11 when she when he's just choking her and she she can't she can't uh, get you know breathe or whatever i was screaming at my tv dude i i can't i'm sure my neighbors heard me i was no because it was without her what do you do what do you do right nothing yeah you, you all there is die. no story without her <laughs> Well, what yeah. do you do? She loses her powers, and then they have to figure out, you know, what happens. And that's the yeah. We're going hard on these spoilers. Yeah, never really explained how or why she lost her powers. Yeah, I feel like it's more of a mental break or block thing, and or but I think it was just awesome storyline. It wasn't even like that big of a deal, and it was kind of like, yeah, maybe you'll get them back, you know, maybe you won't, but like just the the fireworks scene was was pretty fucking epic though like i mean like oh, yeah, when she, when really she didn't cool. have her powers and they all the kids saved her with like throwing the fireworks at the did they ever name they never named that creature the, the mind flare the mind flare i'm sorry yeah if you've ever told me your name you can tell right now i'm gonna forget it he does so, sorry. that's why he married me i don't forget names very well i remember them <laughs> One thing I loved about this season is that it's not just some, you know, creature from the upside down that is the bad guy here. There's more than one big bad. So you've got Billy, who's been taken over by the Mind Flayer. Uh, he's definitely a big bad in this one. Um, the Mind Flayer, of course. But also you have a parallel with the Russians. And, of course, we're talking about 1985 when we're in the Cold War. And so Mind Flayer. And what are the Russians doing to United States citizens right now is they're flaying their minds, making them go crazy. I think it's a pretty big social commentary about what the Russians are doing right now, actually uh, using historical facts, of course, the cold war um, against the Russians, uh, but they play just as equal a part in being sounds like fake news to me. I don't know. as the, as the mind flare. <laughs> Uh, that's just what I got from it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but well, there there definitely yeah. was that that feel of like, hey, this is a pretty hot button topic right now. Let's write this in, you know? Yeah, and it, of evil course, Russians, evil Russians. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, you know, it's debatable on how much that they're actually uh, influencing people's minds right now. I I don't think that that is even a, an issue, but uh, obviously, to me. It's just, it's, it's, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, this is one thing that you and I completely disagree on about whether or not the Russians are causing a big issue in the United States. I think they really are, but. What are you guys doing right now to my movies that molded me? I feel like it's (laughs) quickly turning into a a news for noobs. (laughs) 
I hear you get your news from CNN All these other fuckers watching Fox News again Yo Chris, don't they know that that shit is whack? Hell yeah, and it is a white and black FG fan, bam, we found another way There's some noobs, motherfucker, on fade to gray I don't know that we have time to do a news for noobs, but we might as well get a little political on the movies that molded me. All right, go ahead. I'll, <laughs> I'll allow it. But isn't it true that politics is involved in almost every aspect of life and most certainly illustrated in movies? Well, yeah, sure. in, in any art form and anything, you're going to have a bias or something coming through from the narrator. From like, Okay, know. so try to try to be the devil's advocate here. But also, I like what Chris's point too. Like, I mean, like, yeah, maybe the mind flares then, but also the Russians were a big deal, like in the eighties as well with the oh, yeah. Cold War and everything too. So it makes sense that like they'd have have the whole evil Russian aspect to it. But I loved how it was underneath the mall. It's speaking of okay, speaking of capitalism and the, how all that yeah. works, because you have them funding and doing doing something good for the community bringing in this mall and how many how many malls and different corporations and buildings and parks and different things that are funded by these big corporations from other countries and you wonder like okay what's really going on on underneath the surface and we found out and stranger things that underneath the surface was where you had the, the laser you know basically opening up like the portal to hell underneath like basically like the food court so i don't know right <laughs> andy what were you gonna say oh probably something about how i just don't believe russia is having any sort of uh mental effect on the american citizens whatsoever at all in the slightest bit in 2019 i think you're wrong it's okay all good. G- give me give me one <laughs> example give me one example about how they're doing it right now fake accounts on Facebook where they're trying to divide people based on Bots. political ideas. Who adds a random Facebook account? Do you, do you ever accept, if you had Facebook, would you ever accept a random Facebook account? Not necessarily, but maybe you, you know, let's say that you really like Rand Paul. And so you follow Rand Paul and then you've got a fake Russian account that's commenting on Rand Paul stuff. And then you get involved in a conversation with that fake Russian account who maybe is pretending to be a complete leftist or a complete, you know, uh, conservative and trigger you as, you know, best as they can. And then you're even more against that person than whenever you first started. But what is that? I always I always thought it was also social media in that they would release um, spam articles and things of that nature that oh, would sure. then get shared from account to account to account to account to account so it wasn't even necessarily like adding a fake profile it was an article that was posted that got shared around to thousands of people that's partially what happened in the last election what art- okay so what articles did you ever see that were fake well i mean i saw hundreds of articles during the election time i don't know which ones are fake and which ones are real that's kind of the whole point is they what they're they're posed as real to where that's Donald Trump's fake news. You don't know on social media with a lot of these articles what is actually true and what is not. It's clickbait. So they're but okay, but don't you think that 
news.daily.com.whatever is pretty easy to spot as fake. Do you know a millennial? Do you think that they're paying attention to that? And not no. just millennials. Could you just call millennials stupid? Then it's the millennials' no, fault. No, but they what I'm saying is, we don't... <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, it's this. This is not when we talk about Russia. It's not about them like attacking us. What they're doing is they're working at changing the perceptions and the way that people think that what is true and what is not about people in our political system. That's what it's all about. So, which is exactly what the mind flayer is trying to do in Stranger Things. There you it's go. It's a parallel, people. <laughs> there you go. I feel like maybe we're getting a little off topic. Sorry. <laughs> it's all well, good. I think we, I think you we mentioned Russia to Seth. You're going for, for a ride. I definitely feel like a noob in this conversation. I'm out. <laughs> I just want to say we are Russia. We are Russia. I'll end it on this. The U.S. is the worst in doing all. All of those things that we accuse Russia of doing. So, oh sure, there we go. Oh, absolutely, there's no denial of that. It's no, I 100% agree. A, there's a total difference though between if you're doing it or you're receiving it. That's what she said. Well, there we go. Isn't isn't that why you're verse? Perhaps. <laughs> I want the best of both worlds. Well, what do you guys give the new season of Stranger Things on the grayscale? What do you give it, Chris? I give it a fucking five. I love it. I love all the cultural references. Phoebe Cates, Back to the Future, Cocoon, Romero's Day of the Dead, Dustin's toys come to life in the very beginning, and it's reminiscent of uh, the movie Poltergeist, uh, Never Ending Story. I mean, I could go on and on about how it just references so many things from my childhood that I absolutely love. There's an Evil Dead poster in one of their rooms. Like, just these little Easter eggs that they put in there that are so cool. Like, I love that. I absolutely love it. It's a coming of age story, but it's also sci-fi. There's nothing to hate about this series. I also give it a five. I I, I can if we have more uh, on the grayscale to give. I give it a five plus because of all the things you just mentioned. I wasn't that much Damn. of an '80s kid because I was born in '88, but uh, it it had so many twists and turns for me emotionally. Uh, from from the point of uh, screaming at my TV to crying to <laughs> laughing hysterically to uh, having a, an anxiety attack, looking out my window and making sure that there, the mind flare wasn't outside my house. <laughs> so five, five all the way for me. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think there needs to be something higher than a five on the gray skull for this one. Like I would do a five plus or you know, go ahead and give it like a six or a seven or something up there. Because Holy shit, we ever given something this high of a score? No, never, never. Damn. And and I would say, even to put it in perspective, okay, how about I do it like this? To put it in perspective on a one to five on the grayscale, I would say season one was a four. I give it a five. Season two. I give it a three. Three point five, three. And then season three five. It was definitely five solid. Yeah. And... Um, for much of the same reasons you guys mentioned, I mean, I think about how they just captured even even Dustin coming back from camp was uh, how they played that and how there was kind of estranged from his friends and trying to like you know work back into the group, you know, and 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 having other friends and how that was okay and it wasn't wasn't bad. So there's like you're working out all these things that you're scared like like Hopper 
it's like dad daughter relationship of like you know now she's like making out with boys all the time or a, a boy you know and, and and you know with Hopper and Mike's relationship of like Dayton dating his daughter it just seems uh, L it just seems just so many different dynamics and then and then Mike and L breaking up and it's like it never it never took it to the line of like ridiculousness the only th- the only knock I can give it if I give it any knock we talked about it earlier was in the way they killed off Hopper but I don't know if I, if I could have done it better I just was annoyed because you know I kind of was like I saw it covered yeah so which I think that was gentle of you because I think it would have been a shock if it was like if you didn't see that coming right well, that's a great fucking series I hope everyone checks it out yeah, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you've already seen it because you don't want to have too many spoilers. <laughs> and if you have seen it, yeah. if you have seen it, uh, get in our Marco Polo group, support us on, on uh, Patreon, and uh, and let us know what you would give it on the grayscale. Uh, give me your, give us your worst episode, best episode, favorite character. How about a favorite character? Do you guys have a favorite character out of this season? Even if you hated it, just, just join for one dollar just to tell us how much you hated it. Tell there you go. Wrong. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chris, do you have a favorite character? I think, I don't know. I love Steve. I, I think Steve really redeemed himself in season two, and I love his character now. I, in the first season, I kind of didn't really care for Steve too much. Um, but, yeah, starting in season two, Steve, the way he kind of takes Dustin under his wing, I don't know. He just a, seems like a good dude now. He's kind of know who knows who he is now. He's not trying to play the popular guy or impress anyone. Yeah, I love his character. I'm going to say my favorite character from this uh, season three, and this is out of left field. Uh, I'm going to say the dude who lives in Illinois who translates Russian for them. I don't yeah. even remember his Murray, I think is his name. Yeah. And He's that a great character, dude, he is, he is incredible. Without that guy, they wouldn't have been able to do any of the stuff they did. Ah, you're totally right. So favorite character for me is definitely Murray. What about you, Omar? Can I take a guess? Take a guess. I think Omar's favorite character is either Eleven or Billy. Pretty good guess. Pretty good guess. Like, I think just for character growth alone um, and the strength of the character is definitely Eleven. I mean, she shoulders so much responsibility uh, over the relationships of, like, her friends and this and and how you can tell she she loves Mike, but also how she is just incredibly brave. I mean, there's just no fear in that girl. I mean, she, and she's been through so much from the beginning. I wouldn't say that she was my favorite character in the first two se- in the first two seasons. And it's very interesting because I think I mean I was thinking about Billy. I just I feel like I didn't get enough of Billy for him to be my favorite. I like what they are doing with him. But I felt like they could have done so much more with that character, but they only had like how many episodes? You know, yeah, so. eight episodes. Yeah, so L. I mean, for what they did for character development, like every time she came on the scene and and the way and the way she when she threw that car at at those Russians, I was just like, holy fuck! Mm-hmm. I mean, that was another one of those holy fuck moments. Yeah, there was like I said, about four or five in the season. Well, while we wait for uh, season four to come out, join us on uh, on Marco Polo again and let us know your uh, your least favorite or favorite episode, and we'll we'll catch you on the Marco Polo group. 
and join us next time on Movies That Motor Me. This was uh, this is interesting, something different, something a little strange for you guys. So, <laughs> hopefully you didn't hate it. <laughs>